I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Uh, just getting straight to it. We are watching Team USA take on Canada right now, and we are currently watching the second period where Canada is now up one to zero. We have a lot of thoughts on that, plus a little bit of Coyotes news. Um, but let's just get right into it. With me, as always, my wonderful and amazing co host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. It's been uh, a a very busy, what, the thir- 40 hours or so for me over the last little while. But uh, I got back from Los Angeles on Monday morning. Um, I spent a day there covering the NASCAR race at the Coliseum, which was pretty cool. Uh, had to deal with the canceled flight in the middle of it. But other than that, we're, we're doing peachy and we're watching this this game right now, which has been terrific so far, and I'm assuming it's only going to get better as, oh my goodness, the referee just took a high stick right to the nose. Ooh, ouch. Oh, I was wondering what that was because they showed her cut. That was a really solid cut along her lip, and I was wondering what that was. Yeah, that is, uh, I wonder if that's going to need some stitches because that was bleeding pretty good. Certainly looks like it. She's going to the back room there, so they're going to go on with only three refs here. Luckily, they usually practice and prepare for that. So, you know, they usually it doesn't mean much of a change, but that that looked like it hurt. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. Ouch. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, you should always wear, uh, which which is why most of the women, I believe, actually, I think it's an IHH of rule that in women's hockey, you have to wear cages. Yeah, it's funny. Scotty and I were talking about that um, the other day because of the fact that, you know, all the way through youth hockey and and all of that and all the way through college, he had to wear uh, a cage. And we were actually talking about the whole cage thing. And I I know it may, you know, mess with your vision a little bit and the fact that there is the actual bars in front of your face where you have like the bubble option, which kind of fogs up on most guys. But um, I don't feel like it's worth it off of so many injuries that we've seen that like think about all the injuries that we've seen of people getting hit in the face or um you know in the instance i can't even think of his name right now i could picture his face and it's gonna bother me but of of the coyotes player that got hit in the eye and then didn't come back nearly as good as he was before you're talking about Michael Grabner. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you for for reading my mind into that. There's so many people that end up getting injured and, you know, losing teeth or whatever. I I would prefer to be wearing a cage even though it's not the most visually appealing thing. Yeah, I uh, and and IHF rules um, even in, in men's hockey is you have to wear it 
until you're over 18, I believe. Um, which is why you see at the the uh, World Junior Championships, you see some guys, some players wearing cages and some not. It's an age thing. So, um, but yeah, in this case, the ref should have been wearing a cage because it would have protected her from getting a nasty cut to her upper extremities there because it did not did not look fun. However, if you're a ref, I feel like having your you need your vision to be 110 percent at all times. <laughs> That is really true. And that's the thing is they're usually not as in it as the players are. So you don't normally have those instances. But um, that was just an unlucky break and ended up just hitting her square in the face. She was bleeding pretty good, too. So um, we'll see what happens. So that looks like there's a hooking call. So uh, I don't even know who it's on quite yet. Um Oh, Power Play USA. This is a good chance for USA to come back again and take a much better look at their Power Play than they had in the first. It just did not have very good puck movement, and uh, Canada was playing some pretty good defense on them and had some pretty terrible passes as well. So it should be interesting to see if they can do a lot better on this one. Yeah, just in case you're wondering, Sporting Nation, um, this is, we are watching this U.S. Canada game. This is a preliminary round game. So this is the last play of the group stage of the women's hockey tournament at the Olympics. United States and Canada are basically playing for the one seed right now, because right now they're one and two in their group. Um, so right now they're still in a collision force for the gold collision course for the gold medal game. If, both teams are making the, that far and that's what they're playing for right now. They're playing for to basically play for a better seat right now is what they're playing for. And right now Canada is winning one to nothing in the second period. And, uh, and you're right. The American power play already off to not a, not a great start. Whereas Canada was able to succeed on their lone power play. They had earlier in the first period, but you know, I was surprised in this game by how quickly the United States came out and really dominated Canada for pretty much the entirety of the first period up until that first Canadian goal. The shots at one point were something like 13 to three or something like that. And, and, and the United States just wasn't able to, to um, kind of cash in on their chances. And Andrew Renee Davian, the uh, Canadian goaltender came up huge on a couple of the plays. The post came into play a couple of times and a couple of times the Canadian defense bailed out. Um, DBN with some loose pucks in the blue paint area. But overall, like I think U.S. has been the better team in this game, which is a good thing. Um, they just haven't been able to cash in on their chances, which I feel is, as though as Coyotes fans, we should be used to by now. Um, even just It's the, the most Coyotes years. thing I've ever seen. I, I was literally just saying that before I came upstairs to record this podcast. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, because like even in... And I speak more about the Coyotes of more recent eras where um, when they were good, you know, contending for playoff spots is like they would have games like this where they would play really well offensively, but they could just not flip and score. And the uh, team of Clayton Kellers. Yes, that's tonight. It is at least. Yes. <laughs> that was how I was feeling downstairs was when I was watching this, I was going, oh, my gosh, it's just like. You know, we always make the joke of it's it's all Swedish, no finish, because there is no 
point in any of this where they, you know, uh, there was 16 shots to five at the end of it. When Canada scored their goal, they had only three shots on goal, given it was on a power play. But there were so many shots that USA was getting off, but they couldn't score any of them. And it's the most frustrating thing for a team to go through it you always think at the end as long as you're getting pucks to the net one's bound to go in but if it doesn't it is the most frustrating thing possible and is horrible for team morale but they completely dominated team canada in that first period it's just the fact of whether they can actually score in the second period because if they don't you're going to see emotions start to flare Exactly, and I was talking to you earlier while we were watching this game, and I was saying, like, the third period is going to be intense between these two. It's like, because none of the wins going to be on the line. Right now, I feel like, you know, for the most part in this game, both teams are are playing an evenly matched game with not a lot of mistakes. Obviously, only the um, there's only been, what, three power plays in this game, so it's been a, a fairly clean game up until this point. And in the third period – that's some things that are going to get, I think, take a, a notch forward in terms of the intensity and the competitiveness of both teams. Canada is coming off having played the night before. And, and Corey, I don't know if you, you saw the story behind that game, but it was delayed an hour because Canada refused to play the game until Team Russia got their COVID test results back. And eventually they came to... A conclusion that okay well while we're waiting for these results to come back let's have every single player wear a mask so if you saw some of the pictures from that game every single woman on the ice was wearing a mask underneath their helmet which it, it was just a weird sight to see all game and so Canada's playing um, back-to-back nights here having gone through that the night before and I wonder if that played into their first period at all. It just took them a while to kind of get their legs underneath them because they're seemingly playing a lot better as far as Canada is concerned here in the in the second period. At least it's been much more evenly matched in terms of the shots on goal, in terms of the zone time. And, uh, ooh, we got it. That was, probably should have been a penalty that wasn't called, but okay, we play on. Um, but, yeah, I wonder if that's going to play, gonna play a, a, a part in the third period too, which is how Canada is going to play on the second leg of a back-to-back. Yeah, as a funny part is I didn't know why, but I did briefly see that uh, they were wearing masks and uh, certain tweets about it. So actually, that's an interesting little tidbit. I I missed that one. So yeah, definitely, we've always known um, anytime you're doing something that's back-to-back like this, so close game-wise, and then you're also having to have a long delay before your last game, a lot of times it does play into your second game, especially into the start of your second game. So you're correct in the fact that could be the way that Canada started this off. I think either way, this is going to be good for the U.S. in the fact that it allows them to see Canada up close and personal in this game. And it's a great way to be able to see this, the strengths and the flaws in both teams. And if they come through this game and they don't end up scoring a goal, they will know that it was essentially the fact that they weren't able to finish. And they will be able to hold on to that until that gold medal game, which is bound to happen between these two teams, and um, will be definitely a sight to see because this is 
a pretty intense game as it is, and it's not even the one for the medal. Yeah, and I said previously, I believe in our last episode when we were talking about the Olympics, that these matchups is what I was looking forward to the most about the Olympics this year. And they score! Danny Camernisi ties the game at one. I'm that? so glad you were the one who was talking at that point because, for, first of all, you're our, our power play um, aficionado of old, you know, from your ACHA days. And two, I am like a few seconds behind you, so I had no idea. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I Spoiler alert. No, what it's okay. Great... I got so much more excited after I heard you say that. What a great play by Danny Camernese. She gets free in front of the net. Takes a shot on Anne Renee Debienz. No Canadian defense in front of her, so she gets her own rebound and buries the puck in the back of the net. Great play by Team USA to tie this game at one. This game is so good. Like, I I don't know if you saw this earlier in the week, Corey, but there was an article published God knows where. I didn't even bother to click on the damn link. Didn't want to give them the click. So I have no idea who wrote it or who or where it's from. But I got some shit on Twitter, including from our, our uh, good friend, Kat Silverman, who I believe retweeted it, uh, where there was an article written that were like, oh, they should get rid of women's hockey in the Olympics because it's too non-competitive. It's like, give me a break. Give me an absolute break with that. Are you kidding me? This is, I, this is why we, this is why we're playing here. I will always say that the, Oh, is this another USA power play? You love to see it. Um, I will always say that women's hockey is so entertaining to watch for so many different reasons from men's hockey. There are things that are enjoyable about men's hockey, and there's things much more enjoyable about women's hockey in the fact that, because, you know, a lot of people complain, well, you're not allowed to hit in women's hockey. It is so much more of a technical sport. Not that men's hockey isn't, but it is so reliant on that in the fact that you can't have forechecking and backchecking and you can't push people off the puck. So you have to be more creative than that. And that in its own makes it so interesting to watch. I would say the people who say that it's not competitive and it's not interesting to watch don't understand hockey. I, and here's the thing, too. Like, I think it's one of those things that we're just continuing to see grow. Why don't we get the same articles written about men's basketball? How many consecutive years has the United States men's national team in the Olympics won gold medals? And you do not get the same articles about canceling the sport. Why? Oh, yeah, because it's the men and because... They get all the all the glory, and you see LeBron James winning gold medals, right? I don't know why you would be against growing the sport in all these other countries. For example, in the country of Finland, um, normally very competitive in the World Championships and the Olympics. They're kind of the the third team in in a lot of these behind the U.S. and Canada. They don't even have their starting horrendous goaltender. Horrendous pass at choice. Sorry, I just had to say that. They're passing on their power play. It's horrendous. Okay, go back. That, that sounds familiar. Um, like, Team team Finland does not have their starting goaltender. One of the best women's goaltenders 
in the in the world in uh, Nora Rote, who I believe, if I remember correctly, there was a game against the United States several years ago in the World Championships where that game went to overtime because Nora Rote made like 60 saves in one game against the United States and kept Finland in that game. <laughs> and she's not playing in this tournament because the Finland, Finland Olympic Committee was too stupid to fire their coach. And instead, Norote is not at the Olympics because of that. So it's just absolutely ridiculous to read articles like that that are just so – they just don't get it whatsoever. And it's very frustrating. That's a goal right there, ladies and gentlemen. Backhand beauty. What a beautiful goal. And what a beautiful pass to set that up as well. Alex Carpenter on the power play. The power play comes through. Oh, so good. U.S. leads two to one. What a great period this is ending up to be. Mm -hmm. It was a great zone entry, a great pass, and a great backhanded goal. What a what a goal. I'm going to be thinking about this goal. Going complete backhand top shelf. That is a beauty of a goal. What a second period this has been. Yes, it's been it's been pretty good for the United States. Been pretty, pretty good for the United States, cashing on their chances. And both of both of the goals here for the United States coming off of opportunities in which their forwards are able to get behind the Canadian defense, who unable to answer for the US's speed down low in the Canadian zone. So big goal from Alex Carpenter. Great goal from Alex Carpenter. And now the U.S., they're buzzing right now. They are absolutely buzzing with back-to-back goals. Um, and now outshooting Team Canada, 29-15. to 15. And I will say, I'm glad that you pointed out, oh, damn. Canadian goal. Uh, stupid. This game is so good. Like, just... I'd watch 25 games of the of these two teams playing over and over again. It is so good. And as you were kind of saying before, and the fact that of the speed of Team USA is is just completely impressive. They have had wonderful speed throughout this entire game and if they can keep that up through three periods, that's going to be a great advantage for them in the fact that they will be able to get behind the Canadian D like they had earlier in this period. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's a massive asset that they have in the fact that they have been doing, have actually been finishing their goals and the fact that uh, they are reminding me even more and more of uh, very previous years of the coyotes and the fact that I would rather them be full strength than on a power play. <laughs> that's, that's so true. This game is the perfect encapsulation of why women's hockey is so fun to watch because like you were saying earlier, without any body checking, um, it's a less physical game. So it's a little, it has a lot more speed and a lot more skill. It's a lot more back and forth, up and down style of play that, is more fun to watch in my opinion is more is easier to understand i think for new fans to watch too who could watch a men's game and kind of get bogged down with all the um with how s- kind of slow the men's game is in comparison to 
Well, you don't get it caught up in corners the same way you do in men's hockey, right? You can yeah. they can spend God knows how long in a corner just waiting to get that puck out. In, in women's hockey, there's a lot more space involved. And it, and it was funny because earlier, uh, Scotty and I were downstairs and he was talking about how, um, especially or in that first period, they needed to stretch the ice more and that it, that it works better to their speed. But you get to see a lot more of that than you ever do in men's hockey because of the fact that it is so physical. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was like talking to somebody recently about this and they thought I was crazy. They were like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm so I'm excited to watch you as in Canada. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dude, I was like, the women's game is more fun to watch than, than the men's game. They thought it was crazy, but it is what it is. I don't think I convinced them to be excited about this game, but uh, we definitely are. And uh, we have about seven minutes left in the in the second period here. So, anyway, yeah, Corey and I decided to record in the second period very, very intentionally. And uh, and so we'll, we'll keep you updated on this game here. But uh, let's move on, Corey, to um, the Coyotes news of the week. Craig Morgan had an update about the Coyotes um, and the ASU Arena and a proposal – that is going to be looked at and voted on by the Arizona Board of Regents coming up in the next week or so. And there were some interesting tidbits in there about the plans for the Coyotes and how they plan to upgrade or how they plan to renovate some of their ASU spaces and it kind of give us an idea and a timeline as to when we could see the Coyotes play their first home game at the ASU Arena next season. Yeah, it's it's funny. I feel like every single time these things come out, it gets such interesting commentary online. And I almost just wish there was a way we could all just like, I don't know, join a, a Slack group of those of us that actually do care and just have this conversation amongst ourselves because every time it hits the Twitterverse, I really grow to hate it. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's uh, I, I continue to get tweets about it. In fact, there was a, a picture of Clayton Keller and Austin Matthews together at the All-Star game, and I tweeted out that they're I, – all I said was um, future Yotes teammates, question mark. And one of the replies was like, oh, in uh, Quebec City or Houston. And I was like, and I, I, I was like, anytime I get a troll like that, I always like to fuck with them. So I, I was like, uh, I was like, how there's no teams there. What are you, what are you talking about? Shit. God damn it. Fucking A. Oh, well, uh, three to Canada. Anyway, so I was, I was messing with the, um, messing with this guy. I was like, oh, well, there's no teams there. And he was like, are you stupid? And I was like. I don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, but so now we actually have some concrete details about this new um, venture. Uh, the biggest of which is the date I, in which. Oh, I was going to say the biggest thing for me is the date in which it's supposed to be done, which is December 2022. And that was what was causing a lot of issues for people and the fact that it it won't be done until December of 2022. The upgrades will cost 
$5.7 million. We knew it was going to cost a pretty penny for that. And it's now going to include a two-story annex structure um, with NHL-quality facilities like dressing rooms. But uh, that, And then it also said that the date mentioned a league source told Craig Morgan that it's the NHL's understanding that the arena could host NHL games before team areas are ready to go, so there may be a workaround. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that works out. But not being able to play a home game until December is a little wild to me. Now, I know it's been talked about in terms of the the Islanders having to play a kind of a longer road trip earlier this year while they were waiting for UBS Arena to open up. And I want to look up their schedule because I'm kind of curious to see how many... This is essentially saying that they could play games in there anyways, but they wouldn't have team areas so you wouldn't how would you do it without a locker room because according to according to ncaa they are not allowed to use the ncaa locker rooms so what do you do with nhl players until you know when they don't have a locker room there's no other way to phrase this other than the fact that they have no fucking place to go what do you do with them there The only thing you could do is have, like I said, have a long road trip. And the precedent, of course, like I said, being the Islanders, I just looked it up. The Islanders did not play a home game at UBS Arena until November 20th of 2021, which is a span of two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 11 games. They played their first 11 games of the season over the course of a a little less than a month on the road. Um, so there is precedent there, but I think you're right. Like, unless there's some like weird super duper workaround that we don't know about yet, where they can basically completely skirt around NCAA rules and use the ASU locker room. Like that's an uphill. That's going to be kind of a weird situation, but I don't know if we'll get any more clarity come, uh, this board of regents meeting and in, in terms of what may happen there. But uh, yeah, starting on the road for two entire months of the year. That's wild. Yeah. I would also like to point out in all of this that I try to point out as much as I can about the fact that the Islanders are a prime example to me of another arena and odd uh, and audience shit show. So Every time people come at the Coyotes, I always try and remind them about the Islanders. So I'm really glad that you you brought that up. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you do in that situation. You just like put some tents outside and they go out there. And that's like, it's just, that's a really weird dynamic. And for guys who are making an obscene amount of money and are professional athletes, how are you going to please them by not having... That's in and believe me, I think people's criticism online a lot of times is as unwarranted, unwarranted, but this one's a little odd to me, but there has to be something that would be figured out between now and then I would assume it's most of these things we end up kind of overreacting about and it ends up being fine in the end. 
but it is a little wonky at the moment. And like I said, I think the Board of Governors, Board of Regents, excuse me, meeting is scheduled for this week, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I think on the on February 10th, I believe, is the next Board of Regents meeting. So maybe we'll get more, more clarity in during that meeting. Three to two, Canada leads. About three minutes left to go in the second period as U.S. is on yet another power play opportunity here late in the second period. Um, the referee who took a stick to the face is back after a few stitches. So that's good news. Uh-oh. We have a shorthanded breakaway here for Canada. What oh, did I tell you shot. about their power plays? But yeah, this is going to be given the two-goal lead in hockey. It's the worst lead to have. But this is going to be pretty big for Team USA to come back from, considering the fact that they had great momentum in between those two goals, and they haven't really had that momentum since. Yeah, they have. They have. They have not a lot of uh, defensive zone breakdowns here for the United States. There's just another one there that led to a scoring chance for Team Canada. So talk about the speed of the game, and right now Canada is the one that's seemingly outpacing and outskating the Team USA, which. Again, going back to our point earlier in the game about Canada having this back-to-back situation, um, doesn't seem to be affecting them right now because they seemingly are uh, the better skating team against the United States right about now as we wind down in the uh, in the second period. So um, before we move on and wrap up the show, Corey, of course, we want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. My Los Angeles Rams in their home stadium taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. So excited. I may die on Sunday. We'll find out. Stay tuned for that. But if you are a brand new customer, you can get 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you got to do is bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void or prohibited. Call gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Damn, what a read. What a read and what a second period that second period was insanity i can only imagine what this third period is going to bring it's going to be ridiculous and that's why we're about to wrap up the show here in just a moment but um the over under on this game i looked on DraftKings was four and a half so if you bet the over you won at the moment. And also Canada was favored in this game. Um, and if you bet, and right now they're actually, uh, 
when it being the puck line up two goals for the record. Uh, but uh, anyway, before we go, Corey, there was a, I put out a sporty question on Twitter because um, I, I, I thought about this earlier this evening and I wanted to ask you about it too, which is um, can you name a song that no matter how long it's been since you listened to it, you still know all the lyrics to the song. And like, if it comes on in the car on the radio and, and, and you, and you like are able to sing all the lyrics to the entire song, no matter what. Fat lips. I'm 41. Oh, you answered that one quick. Every word. Uh, there are a few songs that I can name that I know for sure. Um, the first is Fat Lips, I'm 41. Second one is um, 1985, Bowling for Soup. Ooh, that's a good one. And third one is Our Song, Taylor Swift. Okay, those are all good choices. Great choices. Bowling for Soup, 1985, that song came out like when I was in middle school, I think. Uh, maybe high school. And yeah, there were, was- all, I think all of the songs that I can like sing every single word without even like thinking about it were all like songs that I because I listened to a a lot of music as a kid and that's what so certain things like I feel like I can't anymore maybe I don't know I'd have to but I I liked a lot of Eminem as a kid I there's probably a lot of Eminem that like I could have done in my sleep um I don't know I haven't like fully listened to some of all of those Oh, um, actually, one that I do sing every word to, it actually annoys the hell out of Scotty, is, um, oh my gosh, it's, um, my band, (laughs) my (laughs) 12 Every time that one comes on serious on the car, he goes, oh my gosh, you are going to sing this entire song, aren't you? You don't know the name of my band. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I know every word to that song as well, and he... He hates it. I've, I'm very notorious, though, for knowing, like, most words to most songs. Uh, my dad has always been very baffled by that. I mean, I could even sing to you, like, some of the ones that were to teach me in middle school, elementary school. Like, I can still sing, like, schoolhouse rock stuff. So it's a weird thing. It's a very easy way for me to remember things. So, uh, the reason, by the way, I would just like to point out that speaking of remembering lyrics, um, I was, uh, I was talking to Jordan last, uh, last week and we were talking about Taylor Swift and, and she challenged me. She was like, listen, if Taylor Swift comes to town and, and we go to her concert, which that's, that's the plan is, is uh, me, you and Jordan, Corey front row, $7,000 per ticket going to, going to the taylor swift's next tour she was like richie you need to know all the lyrics to all the songs i was like i'm working on it i'm working on it okay so we're we're getting there see the the difference is you didn't listen to taylor swift like obviously it'll luckily be more of her like newer albums when she performs but then she'll perform you know like some classics you um you didn't listen to her original stuff when i say like i can do every word to our song it's because 
when we would run out of like notes to actually write each other in class in middle school, we would write the entire lyrics to Taylor Swift and pass it to each other as notes. <laughs> it was like a to buy time, I guess. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, but I have, um, long, I have a long way to to reach you and Jorian on that level. So it's like you missed some pivotal time in there where you could have. And then you also didn't really get to like emotionally grow up with it either. According to like the time of the music kind of went with the time of like aging. So you couldn't really adapt to it that way. You kind of had to adapt into it later. Yes, this is is true. I'm glad you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, there is. I feel like it's it's coming from two different places and you have a little bit of a handicap (laughs) exactly but i promise i will do my best for when taylor comes to phoenix whenever she actually decides to go back on tour i will do my best to do that but i I, the reason why i thought of this today is for the first time in i don't even remember how long it's been i was i I was listening to all day z on my way driving around today and I, i turned the car on and the song that came on was Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. I was like, God damn it, this song's great. I will sing it at the top of my lungs every time it comes on. No I'm sure I know every word of that one too. Yeah. And it, no matter how many how long it's been, because I don't go out I don't listen to Three Doors Down as much as I used to now. Um But I once in a while like Kryptonite will come on. I was like, I can st- still know all the lyrics, still love it, still a great song. And that's what made me think of of that of that question. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of things that you listen to, like I listened to a lot of Britney Spears as a kid. I'm sure any Britney Spears song could come on and I would probably know most of it. It, it, I think when in your formative years like that, when you really latch on to something, it just sticks with you forever. And with how many Three Doors Down concerts you've gone to, Mm -hmm. it has to be somewhere like branded in your brain. This is true. And I actually would say that for most Three Down songs that I haven't listened to in a while, like it comes straight back to being able to 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 recall most of the lyrics to a lot of their songs, even their deep cuts. Um, and I think I've been to five five Three Down concerts, if I'm not mistaken. But I digress. We have a reply from uh, Nate from the Ducks podcast on Twitter. He said, "Oh man, there's too many." <laughs> Yeah, I think there's some people that are genuinely like me who just remember the lyrics to almost every song. And then there's people like Scotty who can that you he can come up with not even English words for lyrics to songs. <laughs> and it's like um I'm trying to think of the the song Lean On where it says uh blow a kiss, right? in it Mm -hmm. he just says clocus i'm like that's not even an english word (laughs) that's not even a word that like people actually say or it's on the dictionary but he just throws them out there because he's like i don't listen to the lyrics like i just listen to the music i never actually pay attention to it so he doesn't know the lyrics to most things whereas like i like lyrics i i like music i used to do songwriting so like that i actually remember them so i feel like there's 
there's like those two extremes and then there's the people that are like you that are somewhere in the middle that like they know what they know and don't know what they don't know. I have to listen to a song so many times before I actually get the lyrics all the way down. It's kind of weird. Like I don't pick them up that quickly as many as some like some people can listen to a song one time, read the lyrics one time, and know it all. I can't do that. I have to listen to a song, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times before I get the lyrics to a song down, which is wild. Yeah, I think it's just depending upon how people's brains work, to be honest with you. Like, you know, some people are visual learners. Some people are like, I was kind of actually talking about this with um, Scotty's dad and the fact that like, I can't do mental math. I have to write it down on a piece of paper. Like, I can't do it in my head. I don't think in numbers. It drives me insane. I need to be able to write it out and be able to see it in order for it to make sense to me. And he can just rattle off a bunch of numbers and like no problem. Like he worked in a bank through his whole career. And Scotty can do mental math. His brother can do mental. Like literally when we're doing rummy, I have them count <laughs> or like subtract my cards. I go, okay, this is how many positive. This is how many negative. Subtract it out for me. Because they make fun of me when I pull out my calculator. <laughs> but I do much better with all of the other stuff than they do. So I think it's just the way some people's brains work. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, uh, that's the thing is it, it, it uh, uh, that's what it, what it, for me and like, and, and lyrics and the other thing too is like trying to quote TV shows and movies. Same thing there. Like I know you're really good at quoting it and you can watch a movie or a TV show or whatever one time and you can still quote it the next day. I can't. I literally have to watch something over and over and over again before I can remember like one line from the movie or or whatnot before it becomes like stuck in my brain. Uh, There's... I think one one reason why I'm relatively good at this is because of survival. Most of Scotty's friends talk in movie quotes huh. 70% of the time. Um, I wasn't as good of about it when I was a kid. Like, I still remember trying to remember the dot, the um, remember the five D's dodgeball, dodge, duck, dip, dive and dodge. I don't know why I couldn't remember that as a kid, but I like I, I remember like trying to actually remember that. So when I was talking with my friends, I knew like the actual ones. But um, I think, again, that's another one of those things of just like repetition and the fact that I like I can see it. I was I was a I was not as good as it as I was when I was a kid. But in those like party games where they would have you look in somewhere and then they'd have you write all the things that are like in it. I used to always kill it in one of those because I had a relatively photographic memory as a kid. So if I can visualize it or I can hear it, I can usually remember it. So I just remember whatever scene it is from a movie and that's how I'm able to memorize it. It's it's like uh, different people on 
um, on tests and stuff. I was that annoying person that used to do all of my notes in a bunch of different colors to coordinate, color coordinate mm-hmm. it, or otherwise I would never remember it. But then I could literally sit in the test and think, oh, okay, that was in green, and I could see exactly where it was on the page. <laughs> and then, and then you have me who almost never actually studied for a test, but just hoped I'd remember it because I had written it down at some point. That's usually all it took for me to remember stuff going through school was as long as I took good notes, having written it down just once, I'd usually remembered something, which is weird, but that's, that's pretty impressive. That was actually a topic I I had the other day too, was the people who are able to remember things super easily usually were the ones that were able to do well in school yeah sorry i was was actually there was a video that popped up on my timeline there of ray anderson for me and she and i was watching it super quickly and with audio i won't go into what exactly it was but it was uh, it was pretty bad anyway uh we're about ready to start the third period Corey. so we should probably wrap this up so we can watch this game um but uh, I would I would also like to point out that um, my GPA in high school and college was like two point seven something. <laughs> I was so gonna say I know what your GPA in college was. I <laughs> do very much remember that. I also do very much remember that we were journalism students in a class with um, quite a few hockey players. And somehow, in an essay, we got beat out by all the hockey players and never lived that down. <laughs> yes, exactly. It to was this day. Oh, yes. Like, I can go downstairs and I'd be like, hey, Scotty, what did you and your friends do <laughs> in that class? And he would say that he beat up, that they beat us in the essay because it was one of their proudest moments. So I do remember that very clearly. And I will probably never be able to forget it (laughs) all right well let's get this going for the third period us needs a big comeback to get to be able to win this hockey game thanks so much for listening to this episode of the program everybody we will talk to you again very soon enjoy the olympics enjoy the rest of this game if you did watch it the game's gonna be over by the time you listen to this all right good night good hockey everybody we'll talk to you soon (laughs) 